welcome to this week's serving of Mickey Waffles, a Disney podcast where we cover everything from parks, movies, and merchandise. My name is Sinead. My name is Kate. Hi, how are you? How are you, Kate? I'm good. Um, yeah, I'm good. Nothing exciting is happening, though. Oh. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, just the past two weeks, I did things between this podcast and the last podcast, but this week, I don't think I did anything. I didn't do anything Disney related. I had my niece Sophie's first birthday on Saturday. Cute. Well, her birthday was on Friday, but her birthday party was on Saturday. Cute. Um, which was lovely. And then on Saturday night, me and Bethany finished Stranger Things and it is oh, it's so good. Oh yeah, I also finished Stranger Things. Oh, uh, we obviously won't spoil anything because why would we? But yeah, if you've not watched the most recent season, if if season two fatigued you which it did for a lot of people yeah a lot of people didn't particularly enjoy season two so they were like oh we'll just won't watch season three season three i think is the best season me and brefney were having a chat about it the other day we actually think season three might be the best season of a tv show we've ever seen wow that's a really strong opinion this is not a stranger things podcast but did you know that the star court (laughs) mall scene they actually bought a dilapidated mall and just refurbished it so that whole thing it's not a soundstage it's an actual mall yeah and then the hospital is an old hospital as well yeah yeah that's sweet netflix money i know well it's clearly high also sorry just one thing right so yeah. stranger things did a collaboration with levi's okay weird why didn't they do with understand. gap yeah the that, gap's in it yeah yeah that's not a spoiler but it's kind of but it's not a point spoiler she goes in and buys a bunch of her clothes in the gap so, for them to have a crossover with a clothing brand... And it not be Gap. And not Gap. It just didn't make any sense. Oh. Apparently, the Levi stuff was pretty cool. They had, like, denim jackets and there was a, shoes there, and stuff. There was a whole Stranger Things range in H&M a while ago as well. But that was mainly, like, you could get, a, like, Hawaiian shirt, but it, rather than it being Hawaiian things, it was all Demogorgons. Oh, cool. It was cute. They had one in... Oh, what's that shop in Dundrum that's next to Starbucks? Oh, uh, Pull&Bear? Is it Pull&Bear? I, I think it I is. I think it's Pull&Bear. Yeah, they had a Stranger Things. A Stranger Things things? Yeah, I think it was last Halloween. But they were really expensive. It was like 45 euro for a jumper. Oh, no. And I was not about that life. Well, maybe they will collaborate with Gap. <laughs> I just, it blew my mind that they just didn't. Because Gap's the only, like... like name brand store. Name brand Although, store. I'm sorry, can we talk about how much money Coke must have paid? Oh, yeah, I loved it. That was obscene. I loved it so much because it was like... It was so not subtle. But I think that's what made it really funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, probably how they could afford to buy them all. Yeah, true. Because they have that product placement for the Gap and then they have product placement for Coke. But Coke was in it like in three episodes. Yeah, Coke in was in it. In different ways. Loads. Yeah. And it wasn't just like subtle in the background. It was like coca-cola but at least like it, right up in your face but i liked at the very the very start for a good like 30 seconds it like it's in massive letters it's like this episode contains product placement <laughs> so funny it's like there's no hiding it whatsoever it's like we paid people paid us people paid us okay yeah i suppose the only disney related thing we've kind of done in the last couple of days is trying to sort out everyone's tickets oh for when, for when we, go. we go yeah that's been a fun let me tell you, when you only have two annual passes and you're trying to figure out how to get not ridiculously expensive tickets for four people for four days, it's a whole lot of maths. We figured it out, though. We did. I mean, I had to come and save you from your... Because I, I was going to tell a rabbit hole. Shane was like, we'll have to do this and then we'll have to go this for here and then how we just... It's just. I was like, how about we just add it all together and divide by four? 
<laughs> well, divide by three because Breffney has decided that he's going to get himself a Discovery Annual Pass. Oh, yes. yes which yes, I'm yes, yes. rather excited fair, about fair, because fair, it's fair. like, oh, we can go to Disney again then? Cool. Fair. Sweet. <laughs> I'm game. In the next kind of month or so, we'll probably be paying off DLP for the first trip that we're doing in October, which makes us sound like absolute lunatics. We are. But that's exciting. Yeah, I hope I have money by then. So, with all that in mind, <laughs> we should probably get on to the news. So, to start off the news, we are going to talk about Magical Pride. Yeah. Which is going to be returning next year for 2020. Yeah, I think they sent out, from what I could tell online anyways, they seem to just send out little press things to the Inside Ears guys because the only people that I saw talking about it were the Inside Ears people. Ah, okay. I think they were just advising that it is come back for 2020. They haven't given us a date. I can only assume it'll be around the same time that it was middle of June this year. Magical Pride looked cute though. The characters didn't look great, but everything else looked fun. Who was in it? There was Mickey and Minnie. You can meet Remy and Emil. There was Buzz and Woody. Oh, I remember. We talked about it. It was really weird really weird characters there's characters that, that didn't really make any sense no so but everything else looked really fun i could see you could get like a little lineup of shots that were the pride flag which looked real fun oh cute um and they had boy george there for some untold reason oh, he was yeah. in a car oh yeah but yeah it looked like a fun event um i don't know if i personally would go over for it i think there's other things that i would rather try aim to see personally but it looked like a really fun event yeah i know the pride's really important to a lot of people oh absolutely i know that that's their main time for going to deal people i just don't think we need to go no. for pride nope i also think it's a time that they like hike up the prices a lot because they know that there's a lot of people going to be coming for a magical pride yeah so well they do that with anything really yeah so i just i don't need to go for another thing that they know there's going to be a lot of people for and therefore hike up the prices i go to enough of those already I agree. And speaking of one that we were contemplating going, but I think we've both realised that it's probably unrealistic yeah. for us to actually go. We've had some details come out about the Phantom Manor Pit event, which is taking place on September 13th. It's going to take place in the Cowboy Cookout Barbecue Restaurant from 4pm to 8pm. It's €39 Euro per person. That includes a meal. This doesn't include your entry into the park, so you'll either need to have a park ticket or an annual pass or some other divine intervention to get you into the park. You are also given a coupon, which you can receive a pin to the value of $9.99, which you'll be able to pick up at the event. Online booking starts from the 8th of August at 11am. I assume that's 11am Paris time. And you just go to the pin trading section on the Disneyland Paris website and it is limited to 250 people. I wish I could go to this, but the fact that we're going twice in October, going again in September is just unfortunately not really an option. It's not. Also when there doesn't seem to be anything overly special about it. Mm. Like there just doesn't, it's basically like here's 39 euro, like... They didn't even mention that there'd be any special, like, overly special pins available. And, cause, but for the last one, the pin value was way higher. Like, it wasn't nine ninety nine; th- It was something much bigger. It was, like, it was, 25 euros. No, something. I think it was fourteen ninety nine. But I think the brunch itself was more expensive. So I think the tickets were more expensive. So that's why I got a more expensive pin. I still want to... I just feel like a 10 euro pin but for I, an event isn't that special. Yeah, but I think all the pins that they release at these are limited edition pins. Like, I think they're pins that are only limited to this event. Yeah, so why is it only 10 euro? I don't know. Maybe that's the price that the pins are going to be. 
That seems like a fall short from Disney. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you've seen the limited edition pins they bring out during, on the monthly pin boards. Yeah, but some they're of like them... 25 euro. True. But some of them aren't that expensive. Like, some of them are around a tenner. So, I don't know. I Again, I would love to go to this because I know at the up one, they had, like, characters and stuff like that. So, I would love if they had... Nanny and the Phantom. Well, actually, I'd love if they didn't because I can't be there. But if I was there, I would like for it to have Nanny and the Phantom. I wonder if they'll have Phantom Mickey Mouse back for it. That'd be oh, cute. Cute, yeah. That'd be sweet. I'm sure they'll release a. They usually release what the pins are actually going to be closer to the time. So we'll give you a rundown of them once we see them. But yeah, if you're interested in going, 11 a.m. Paris time on the 8th of August to book your tickets. But really exciting DLP news. Yes. That ED92 have been rightfully taking the piss out of. Oh, which I, I love think it. it's so funny. DLP have started offering random, uh, random and roaming, I suppose, both, uh, photopass photographers um, between 10.30 and 2.30 in DLP. Woohoo! Around, like, Main Street and the whole Bay Area. Bloody finally. I feel like every so often they decide to do this. When we went in 2017, there was photographers up at the gazebo when there was the odd photographer down in the hub area when me and Breckney went there was not a bleeding sight no, of anything like that single one of them. nor were we, when we were there at Christmas we got accosted by one on our way out of the park one day <laughs> oh, yeah. in April he kind of just grabbed us and was like oh photos we were like okay so we got some cute mainstream pictures then but I'm I feel like they should offer this more kind of all year round because if you go into Magic Kingdom there's literally a photopass photographer every five, six foot. Yeah, I've seen it's, boom. boom I've boom. seen pictures of them and once there was a picture and there was five photopass photographers like all in a line and then all taking pictures of like the same shot of people. Yeah. And then literally two minutes later there was another five photopass and I was they were like, This is how like it was it was a it was a meme or something about photographers in disney or whatever yeah. but i was like that's exactly what you want and it's only going to encourage people to buy photopass exactly so i don't understand why like is there a lack of photographers in paris i don't know maybe it'd be nice if they did kind of up it though because everybody wants that nice picture with the castle it's called space fade here and especially because disney paris castle is bleeding beautiful yeah it's really pretty and i don't understand why they're just not pushing it more because the when we were there in april that guy was definitely like there to push photo pass yeah and we were like oh we already have one and he was like oh okay great and then he gave us like 20 shots yeah but when people start to realize that there is that available more often than not a big giant queue builds up yeah so even if all they had was someone up at the gazebo, because that gazebo picture, those gazebo pictures that we have are actually real cute. Someone in the middle of Main Street and someone down in the hub area, you'd be set. The gazebo, like the bandstand yeah. at the front. All right, Grant. Like if you had those kind of like spacings, like I'm not saying it needs to be like Magic Kingdom where there's literally one every five, yeah, six no, feet. No, you just but... need them constantly. I just think you need them constantly there. And the fact that they're only there from 10.30, well, I know, I understand that. I know, could they have them extra? Is there photographers in extra magic hours in America? Uh, in Magic Kingdom? I can't remember. Because oh, I just feel like the, like the earlier they can be there, the better. Yeah. I think it's probably a case of they just assume that most people are running off to rides or running off to characters and it's quite enough that you can usually get your own decent picture of a castle but either way it's good to see that they're offering it more yeah and there was one photo photographer that had one of those cardboard cutout things that you could oh yeah put, and you were like what is this 
I love the shade. Oh, so funny. It's so funny. So yeah, hopefully they keep this up. It would be nice to get a cute picture of the six of us on Main Street. Oh yeah, that'd be really fun. That'd be nice. So fingers crossed they carry this on. Yeah, because they said that they were trialing it to test demand. And I'm like, the demand's there. I'm telling you now, you don't need to trial anything. People are always looking for it. Yeah. Because at the minute, it's just guests taking pictures of other guests. Like, when me and Bref were there, there was a couple trying to get, like, a selfie. So I just went over and took a picture of them, purely with the intention of, more often than not, if you offered to take that castle picture for someone, they'll say, do you guys want one too? And you're like, yes, Uh, perfect. But funnily enough, I pay so much for an infinity pass that comes with the photo pass card on it i'd like to actually be able to use that with a photo pass photographer yeah that'd be nice like come on get Lads. with it get with it but yeah hopefully they keep it fingers everything crossed <laughs> at the end of last week we had some very exciting videos released for the halloween season at dlp i say videos because they released two I think it's really cute that they released two. I love it. And I hope that song is going to feature somewhere because the song in it is so bloody catchy. It is. And I'd, I just can't, I actually can't get over the fact that they released two videos because it means that they like care. I know. So the, the two videos, one of them was kind of highlighting, I suppose, a spookier side of Halloween and showed a lot of kind of nighttime offerings and more of the villains. Um, it kind of more so focused on like Terror of Terror and Phantom Manor. And it was just overall, it had a bit of a darker feel. And then they released kind of like a family friendly, as they called it. Not that the other one wasn't family friendly, but it was more kind of... It was more just like child... daytime centric. Yeah, it was more child orientation. Yeah. So it was a bit brighter. It showed a lot of the other characters in their Halloween costumes, like Mickey Mouse. Although I've never seen Mickey Mouse in that costume. And I really want to meet Mickey Mouse in that costume with this like bat cape. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the Phantom Manor bat cape, but just like an actual bat cape. It was cute. And Stitch and stuff. So the song is written, I cannot for the life of me remember the guy that wrote it, but it's the same guy that wrote the song from the Halloween Cavalcade last year mm-hmm. and the Pirates and Princesses song. Oh. So he's doing good stuff. Repeat offender. Yeah, but it's so catchy. <laughs> I love it. We, I post them on our Instagram. So if you go onto our Instagram page, at Make the Waffles Pod, and if you go to the Halloween night 2019 highlights, all of the stuff that's been announced for Halloween so far is in there and the two videos are in there as well because I just couldn't help myself. It's fair that they're really cute. I like them. It, like it got me so much more, like not that I'm not excited, but it made me so much more excited. But if anything, that just makes me more pumped for going on Halloween because they're definitely upping their game every season now. Like even I think with the whole Lion King and Jungle Festival oh that's fantastic it is a huge step up from even their last thing which would have been pirates and princesses like not yeah. counting studio stuff like pirates and princesses was a massive jump up from swimming swing into spring yeah apparently swing into spring wasn't amazing anyway but even the jump from swing to spring to pirates and princesses mm-hmm. to now this it's they're definitely they, that, they're starting to get what they're doing that's sweet american money that that's literally it though and definitely like the american like ideologies and but i even think visionaries like, they're I think the luxury that Disneyland Paris has is that it doesn't have the same capacity and stuff as Magic Kingdom does because 
Magic Kingdom is a lot of its people's once in a lifetime trips and stuff like that. And the guest expectation is so much higher that if you start messing around with stuff, the backlash is massive. Yeah. Whereas in Disneyland Paris, everything has kind of been tottering along for a while that everyone's like, yes, (laughs) new things, improvements. That's pretty much it. Like Disneyland Paris didn't change much for so long that this is three years in a row now where there's been a new season. Yeah. That people are like, this is amazing. This is exactly. great. And it really is. Yeah. And I'm super excited to see what this Ursula show ends up like. I wonder if that song is going to feature in the Ursula show. Or in the parade. I don't know. Well, I hope they don't change the parade too much because the parade was beautiful. Oh, and that already has a great song. But the song was new for last year. I'm just excited. I like new things. Speaking of new things. Um, yeah, weird new things. In the Disney Village, a Hard Rock Cafe pop-up shop has been opened to test the demand for a Hard Rock Cafe shop. We're not sure if it's demand for the Hard Rock Cafe is in a restaurant or just a Hard Rock Cafe merchandise location. But either way, it's weird and I don't understand it. It's absolutely bizarre and I do not understand it. So the exact tweet that ed 92 put out was a hard rock cafe pop-up rock shop has opened in disney village it's here until november 30th in order to measure interest for a future venue in the remodeled disney village so i don't know whether it's a venue for a food location or a venue for because i feel like we kind of already have a hard rock cafe with planet hollywood like they're one in the same let's call a spade a spade but i think to a lot of people they're different I, I like, w- a lot of people are very hardcore, like hard rock cafe type. No. It, there's nothing to compare. I know neither of us are. No. But I know a lot of people are. Yeah. And if there was a hard rock cafe in the Disney Village, I don't think that would be a bad shout. Yeah. But also, I don't understand, as you said before we started recording, I don't understand how a merchandise pop-up shop gauges gauges interest for another restaurant especially because like and we also keep being told that the disney village overhaul redo whatever you want to call it is like 99 percent done and i'm like is hard rock cafe that one percent yeah it doesn't it's it's the most bizarre looking thing because it is literally just a prefab that they've just stuck over at the side of from what I can tell, I think it's over by the cinema. Yeah, it's over beside... No, actually, I'm wrong. It's over beside Rainforest Cafe. So is that not, like, blocking something? Mm. Is that where you... No, because that restaurant's closed, isn't it? That steakhouse. So is it beside Starbucks? Between Rainforest Cafe and Starbucks? Yeah. I don't know. Either way, it's weird. I don't understand why it's there. Neither do I. But... I mean, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't say no to having a Hard Rock Cafe. I really enjoy their nachos. But it just seems like a weird way of testing to see if people actually care. It would be a nice little bit of rejuvenation to the village. Yeah. 100%. But again, yeah, I don't understand. I just don't get it. It's very strange. So that's everything for Disneyland Paris. Now, heading over to the American parks, we got some very interesting and very exciting news from Disney Parks blog. We finally have some opening dates for Rise of the Resistance. Ooh. I cannot wait to see what these rides are like. So in Walt Disney World, they are getting it on December 5th. And in Disneyland Resort, it's going to open on January 17th. So we actually had a DM from someone that we follow that's actually in Walt Disney World for when it when it opens and i was like oh my god that's so exciting you must be so pleased and she was like no i don't really care for star wars i was like god 
damn it. <laughs> you got my hopes up. But um, I'm really intrigued to see what this ride is going to be like because I think a lot of people seem, it seems to be kind of mixed. Some people really enjoy the Millennium Falcon for what it is. There are a good few people that are kind of disappointed because it just seems like Mission Space mixed with Star Tours, which it does look like that, but I enjoy both of those rides, so yeah. I don't really mind. But Disney seemed to be like pitting this as the be-all and end-all of theme park rides, so I'm super intrigued. Yeah, and the fact that it's opening in Disney World first. Yeah. I wonder if that is specifically in answer to everything that went on with Hagrid's. Do you think? I don't I don't know. It could just be that world is finished before land. But Oh, imagine. Yeah. That would be absolute, For like the Christmas period. That would be like the tea. That's like yeah. the Disney tea that is. Like yeah. look, well, watch how you really do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I wonder if that's it. I'm I'm again, I'm super intrigued. I've no idea what it's because the visuals for it look insane. Yeah. And we've only but kind also of been very told vague. Yeah. And we've only been told bits of it. Now by the looks of it, it's not gonna be a coaster. I would love if Disney did create something along the lines of Hagrid's. It looks a bit like Dinosaur. Yeah. But for Star Wars. Which I mean would be no bad thing. Dinosaur is pretty fun. A bit terrifying, but it's fun. So yeah. Very excited to see all of the vlogs. Yeah, see there's not much more we can say about Rise of the Resistance because nothing else has been said. Yeah. Apart from when it's coming. I'm super intrigued. No doubt the Diz and Tim Tracker and stuff like that will have videos up yeah asap but yeah i'm intrigued yeah and another thing that we just got a date for was that the disney skyliner will be running in walt disney world from the 29th of september the sky buckets which is also really exciting yeah i really like them i like the idea of them Mm -hmm. because the buses are a nightmare Mm -hmm. although the buses have just been redone as we spoke about last week but that doesn't stop how often it comes. No, it doesn't <laughs> stop them being a nightmare. They just are a prettier nightmare. I, my issue with them is that I am, like, terrified of heights. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I don't know. I think it'll take a lot to get me on. I mean, it'll cost a lot to actually get me over to Walt Disney World. But then it'll take a lot to actually get me to go on one. But even if it means that there's less people on the buses because oh, yeah. they're using the Skyliners, at least that's something as well. Oh, absolutely. And don't get me wrong, if I could be, like, guaranteed that I'd get on a Haunted Mansion one, I'd probably be like, yeah, okay. But <laughs> I'll wait. Uh, Madam, the Haunted Mansion one just left. Yeah, I'll wait. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think they look cute and hopefully they'll be, yeah, hopefully they'll reduce how mental everything is. But who knows? You might get to see them next year. Yeah, I'd be really excited to go on the one. I think they're really fun. You should just do like a big loop. Yeah, I'll just go all the way around. <laughs> if you like the monorail. So do you know the way... I actually don't really know much about them from the logistic point of view. So if you're going from one station to another, do you get off and get back on? Or can you ride through the station? I think... I think it depends. I actually don't know, to be honest. Um, I don't think we'll really find out until that's one thing i'm really interested to see like is there a straight through way like is there i think so but i don't think it's like a full loop so i think it's kind of like the lewis let's not compare any public transportation no but no but you know what i mean or say okay we'll compare it to the tube in london like i think you might need to get off and get on to a different line oh right okay but i think say for instance if you get on i actually don't know what way they link up but say if you get on an Art of Animation and you're going to Hollywood Studios, I don't think you have to get off at all until you get to Hollywood Studios, if that is a straight line. But say if you wanted to go to 
Epcot, you might have to get off and switch. Again, I'm just using this as yeah, hypothetical because yeah, yeah. I actually don't know. It's interesting because if it's a straight line with a second station in the middle, when the doors open, do you just like tell the people, oh no, we're going, sh- we're going to keep going? I guess so. Because I mean, it could run like the Disney railway because that's the thing. Like some people get off and some people stay on. On the Disney railway in the... In the park. Yeah, fair. But then also if people get, let's say you're going, let's, let's, let's say you're just, you get on an A... Yeah. There's a midsection in B that goes to destination C. Mm-hmm. If you get on an A and there's 20 full buckets that get on an A, which means... There's so many of them. 20 though. full buckets go through B. Yeah. That means that there is no buckets for like a good... Yeah. I think they have ways of monitoring that. And I think they can... Because I think they all detach. Again, we're all just... This is all hypothetical. This is all speculation. But... <laughs> Like, I, I'm sure they've thought of that. There's probably... Oh, yeah, I'm just interested yeah. to see what it's going to be like, that's all. Again, no doubt Tim will go on an epic... He likes to go on the Disney buses, so no doubt he'll go on an epic <laughs> Skyline, Skyliner journey. He'll take the whole thing. Exactly. He'll take the whole thing. He'll say how he got there. King of the bucket. <laughs> and if that's not said, <laughs> it's a waste of a vlog. Exactly. <laughs> Moving away from parks completely, Disney made a statement this week that they were going to be cancelling the Descendants 3 premiere in honour of Cameron Boyce. So Disney has decided to honour Cameron Boyce by cancelling its Descendants 3 red carpet premiere event and instead will donate to a charity close to him in his honour. Disney tell us, tells us the company will make a donation in Cameron's name to the Thirst Project, a non-profit that helps deliver clean water to communities around the world. Cameron helped raise more than $30,000 for that organisation, one that was close to his heart. And then the quote from Disney themselves is, We are proud to be part of Cameron Boyce's legacy by showcasing his talents on screen, but we are cancelling the red carpet premiere event for Descendants 3 scheduled for July 22nd. And instead, the Walt Disney Company will make a donation to the Thirst Project, a philanthropic organisation to which Cameron was deeply committed. Thank you for understanding. That's cute. Yeah, I think it's really nice. It's nice that they're doing that. We mentioned last week Cameron did so much for organisations outside of Disney, and it's really, it's quite humbling, not humbling, humanising of Disney to show that they're willing to support projects that aren't under the Disney name. Yeah. In honour of someone who worked for them. Which is it's nice. Which is basically, like, it's the death of an employee when you bring it down to it. Yeah, exactly. And it's nice that they're honouring the fact that one of their employees has passed away. Yeah. It's cute. Good job, Disney. <laughs> we had the, tra- the, I think it's probably the last trailer, I guess, at this stage, released for... The second Maleficent movie, which is The Mistress of Evil, which just makes me think of Elvira. And I love Elvira. Do you know what I don't love though, Kate? Maleficent. I hate new Maleficent. Yeah. I love Maleficent <laughs> as a character. I hate the Maleficent movies. So I went on a bit of a tangent on our Instagram the other day. God bless anyone that actually replied to me. And do you know what? I had so many people. I say so many. I had a couple people reply. That more, were than, actually- more than I thought you would. <laughs> A couple of people replied and were like, I had never thought of it that way. I hate these movies now. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. apologies if I ruined it for anyone, but a lot of people <laughs> just... A lot of people are quite happy that it brought it to light. So, I know we've alluded to it in a lot of the other episodes, so I'm just going to give you a real brief rundown of why I can't stand live-action Maleficent. And then I'm sure Kate will give you her thoughts on the trailer. Oh, I'm sure. Sure, I'll get a, I'll get a little hearsay. <laughs> My issue with Maleficent is Disney as a whole, but particularly in the parks, position Maleficent as Queen Bee, the evil of most evil, the villain of all villains, 
and that she is kind of the head honcho out of all of them. Then they bring out live action Maleficent and it's, oh, but I'm actually not really evil and I'm only, I'm only evil because a man was mean to me. And, but I'm actually really maternal, even though I'm supposed to be mean to his daughter, but I'm, but I actually think she's really cute, so I'm going to be nice to her. And I'm just going to seek vengeance on her dad because he was mean. No. Just no. She's a villain. She doesn't need an excuse to be a villain. She doesn't need to be a woman scorned, as Andrea put it very nicely. And I just, I, I hated it. I hated everything about it. It just totally took away everything to do with Maleficent that made her the villain that everybody knows and loves. And then they bring out bloody number two, and it's the Mistress of Evil. And all it is is, oh, I have little pet names for Aurora. I'm actually still really maternal with her. I think she's cute. But she wants to marry a man, but no, no, no. Men are evil. And then I have to go to a family dinner. They, they set up a family dinner that Maleficent goes to. A family dinner, like it's a bloody rom-com. Stop it. <laughs> she is like, Queen Bee of the Villains, stop it. And then because the lad's mom says, I'd like to consider Aurora one of my own, she's like, oh hell no. And it comes into this like absolute bloody gigantic war between the, the bloody in-laws. And I'm just like, stop. Stop. You done? Yeah, I'm done. Great. I'll stop now. I hate it. And for any normal human. Uh, yeah, the trailer just looks shite. Like, this shit just doesn't look like a good movie. Like, <laughs> from, like, a layman's perspective, like, obviously not a layman, like, I'm very into Disney. But from, like, a layman's perspective, like, Maleficent, of, like, she's just, you know, a Disney character. It just looks like a crap movie. Yeah. Like, it's put, it, it, it's exactly what you said it was. But in the background music is like, dun, 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 Like, it's all edgy and panicky and you're like, She's literally just said, no, you can't marry a man. And no, how dare you also love this child? Like, honestly. It's so weird. And then Aurora's like, what have you done? And it's like, nothing. It's like, you don't have to be evil. Yes, she does. She's a villain. She's a Disney villain. That's the whole point. It's just weird. I don't like it. I just, I would really, I would really like if Disney would stop humanizing their villains and stop trying to make them seem not quite as bad. Because at the need, end of the day... They don't need to be humanised. No. At the end of the day, people love the villains because they like the villains. They don't need an excuse to be like that. They don't need anything like that. They're just evil. And that's fine. That's okay. I'm just... Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Sorry. <laughs> I have nothing else to add. I need something to cheer me up, Kate. Apart from... Do you know what today is, Sinead? Today's Tuesday. And you know what that means. I'm trying to find out their <laughs> names. <laughs> I know it was the three hyenas from The Lion King. I always want to call them Ed, Ed, and Eddie. I can understand that. But I know that's not their names. It's Shenzi or Shenzai, and then it's Banzai and Ed. There is an Ed. Yeah. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah. And they were our special guests, the three hyenas from The Lion King. Do you know what's funny, though? What? You found this out at ten past one. Yeah. There is a Facebook group called Disneyland Paris Advice, I think it's called, and it's a lovely group. Everyone on there is very lovely, but not to generalize people, but it is generally mums yeah, yeah. of like groups that are uh, mums that are going on trips to Disneyland Paris and know literally nothing and they'll panic and they'll be like, do they sell water? <laughs> Just came up once. No, no hydration for <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> it's like, okay. But the, it's, I think it's the admin on that page 
posted at whatever time I sent it to you. Actually, I think it was a little bit before that. Yeah. They posted, today's special guest are the three hyenas. They sent it this morning because you sent it to me at 10 past one and it was four hours ago. Yeah. And they posted, oh, today's special guest is the three hyenas. And then the bottom went, shh, keep it a secret. So I don't know how they're finding out. Can I be on that list? They must just, they must know people who are friends. Friends of characters. Yeah. Mm. But either way, yeah. Sneaky. Yeah. But, you know, we're, we're true to, we're true to character integrity here at Mickey Waffles Pod. So we waited until half five for the confirmation. Half five, half, half four. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, unless it comes directly from Disneyland Paris or more likely ED Oh yeah, we don't trust it. I don't trust nothing. No, people can say whatever they want. No. They're not always right. Unless it comes from DLP or ED92, who I'd actually trust ED92 more so than I'd probably trust DLP that's called Spade Spade. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, I suppose it's because Lion King's... When's Lion King come out? Soon? 16th of July, so this weekend. Oh, oh, okay. Fair. Are you planning to go see it? Probably not. Well, I don't know. Ed likes, Ed likes the Lion King, <laughs> but I don't really care for it. Okay. I think he wants to see it. Okay. So I'll see it because he wants to see it. I don't know, because Brett... I mean, Brett still has a voucher for this Stella, but I don't know if he wants to use that to go see the Lion King. Oh, don't. No. Yeah. Ew, bad call. Wait till something better comes along. <laughs> Ew, no. I feel like we have something on this weekend. Oh, my mom's birthday's Friday. So maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Bring your, your mom to the Lion King. Oh, I don't think she'd like that. <laughs> Happy birthday. Oh, speaking of birthdays, I forgot to mention that we should mention that tomorrow is Disneyland's birthday. Disneyland California. Yes. Not Disneyland Paris. It's their 64th birthday? Yes, because it was 55. Yeah, so it's their 64th birthday tomorrow, which for you guys will have been on Wednesday. Happy birthday, Disneyland! So happy birthday, Disneyland! Oh, 64 years. So it's the 65th anniversary Fifth. of me and Breffney go. Yeah, oh yeah, it is, yeah. Ooh, I did not realise that. Interesting. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. Hello again, guys. We're still running our giveaway over on our Instagram. If you didn't check out last week's episode, go back and give it a listen. There is a little sneaky password during the episode, which if you send us a DM on Instagram with that word, we will give you an extra little entry for the giveaway. We are on Instagram at at MakeYouWafflesPod, so be sure to go follow us there. This week, which will be your last week to enter by the time this gets released. Yes. Be sure to send it over. And this week's password is Snowman. I was waiting for that. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, send us over a DM that just says the word Snowman. You can send a little emoji as well if you're feeling fancy. And we will give you an extra little entry for the giveaway. Winner will be announced on the 30th and not before. So into the main bit of the main bit of the episode... We are carrying on with our Adventureland theme. And last week we did Pirates of the Caribbean. If you haven't listened to that episode, please do, because I'm obnoxiously proud of how that turned out. (laughs) Just saying. So we did Pirates of the Caribbean last week. (laughs) So this week we're doing Indiana Jones and the Temple of Peril. Or Temple du Perel in... I was going to say in Espanol, but it's not. It's in French. (laughs) Like we did last week, we have the description 
Right from the horse's mouth. Sent to investigate what happened to an earlier expedition, you soon discover something is far from normal in the Temple of Peril. The base camp is deserted of people, yet full of their clothes, food and equipment. A sudden exit seems likely, but why? Above the swaying canopies stands a temple ruin. Below your feet is a well-trodden path. As you meander your way through dense undergrowth, stone skate snake sculptures, yes, snakes, jump out and stare menacingly, menacingly at you. A faint rumble and screaming can be heard in the distance. You're getting closer, whispers the breeze. After clambering to the Temple of Peril entrance, you board a railed vehicle, hoping it will lead you to the missing expedition party. The rickety cart climbs a chain lift to the top of the excavation site. You look for signs of life, but before you can catch your breath, a mysterious force sends the cart into an out-of-control spiral of twists and turns through the darkest corners of this cursed ruin. Forget finding your friends. You're going to need all the courage of Indiana Jones to get out alive. That's quite a lengthy description. I know. Well, it's see, because the first bit I think is like story, and then the second bit is like what actually happens on the ride, yeah. which didn't really work for parts of the Caribbean because it's all the same thing. But this one, it basically tells you like the story before you get on the ride, and then the story of like what's going to happen on on the ride itself. Um, my favorite thing is as the breeze whispers, "You're getting closer." Like <laughs> that's weird. Creepy. <laughs> they were like thematic, thematic. <laughs> So, we're just going to run through some of the T's and C's, as I like to call it. So, the height restrictions. Indiana Jones is a coaster, and it does have a loop, so it does have a height restriction. You have to be a minimum of 1.4 meters, or at least 4 foot 6 to ride, which is totally fair. Please don't try and smuggle kids that are smaller than that onto the ride. They'll fall out. It's not safe. They'll, they'll actually fall out and they'll die, and that's just the end of it. Because there's a big, massive loop. It's, yeah absolutely not and it's a really rickety ride like there's no and it's very it's the carts are small and, and they're they're, sh- they're short yeah and the track is compact so they're gonna go fast they'll fall out like it's just the end of it yeah don't be don't, so ridiculous don't be silly the age interest that Disneyland Paris has on the thing is tweens teens and adults I feel like that's like a tagline for something. Like, tweens, teens, and adults, all welcome. <laughs> it's just a bit bizarre. There is no photo pass on this ride. There, You can avail a fast pass. And for a while, they were trialing single rider, but I think that has now gone away. I think they just stopped it one day. I don't think it's popular enough to Again, it. Disneyland Paris likes to do this on rides that are two-seaters, and it makes no sense. I 100% understand having single rider on attractions that have kind of weird numbers. So, for instance, Tower of Terror, I feel like, should have a single rider, right? Yeah, there's always empty spots on Tower of Terror. Always. RC Racer also makes sense. Ratatouille has arguably the best single rider. We had a great time. You just zoom on in. It's because there's three in the back. But again, like, rides that have two people, most people go to the parks in... Twos or fours. Yeah. It's rare that you would go in a three. I get that you and Amy are an exception, but still. Three best I've just realised that when we go in uh-huh. October, uh-huh. we're going to fill a whole mouse. We're going to fill a whole mouse. We will fill a whole mouse. <laughs> I was like, fill a whole mouse. I was like, is that a, is that a phrase for something? We're going to fill a whole mouse. Yeah. So all six of us will definitely fit in one. That's terribly exciting. Yeah. Wee. Sorry, that was totally off topic. But yeah, <laughs> having single rider on a a ride that's kind of two people sitting beside each other in rows makes no sense to me no. whatsoever. But Which is they, I mean, why. It's they tried. 
I mean, at least they trialed something. They tried. You can't knock them for giving something a go. Yeah, you say that. But anyway. And talking about accessibility, uh, which is almost my favourite part of it, right? And I didn't have to ring DLP this week. No, because for some reason it's in this one. Yeah. I Weird. Anyway. So, wheelchair users must transfer into the attraction vehicle alone or with assistance. Must be accompanied by at least one able-bodied person aged 15 or over. Suitable for guests who have difficulty standing. Authorization to ride the attraction depends on the type of limb atrophy you have. A full list can be available at City Hall, Donald Desk, Studio Services and the Central Organization Office. Suitable for guests with a learning disability, autism, behavioral disorder or mental health disorder. Must be accompanied by an able-bodied person aged over 15. Suitable for visually impaired guests. Suitable for blind guests. Again, must be accompanied by an able-bodied adult over the age of 15. Suitable for hearing impaired guests and deaf guests. Disneyland Paris have added in suitable for hearing impaired guests <gasps> to Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> maybe it wasn't there before. It wasn't, because I looked it up. No, I mean, maybe this wasn't there before either then. Maybe they've just added it to all of them. Stop it. Alternate were a revolution. Suitable for guests with a debilitating illness or a temporary physical impairment. Serval an- ser- serval. Service animals uh, not permitted. And then because it is quite a fast ride, there are extra that w- wasn't there last week. So it says, warning for safety, you should be in good health and free from high blood pressure, heart, back or neck problems, motion sickness or other conditions or disabilities that could be aggravated by this adventure. Visitors wearing cervical collars are strongly advised not to go on this ride. Expectant mothers may not ride. Persons who do not meet the minimum height requirement of 140 centimeters may not ride. The seating or restraints on this attraction may prohibit guests of certain body shapes or size from riding. Prior to riding, you must secure all these articles or leave them with a non-rider. Transfer time of 30 seconds will be required for guests transferring from their wheelchair. Due to the nature of this experience, guests should contact with a cast member at the attraction for boarding information. Number of guests with a learning disability, mental health disorder, behavioural disorder or autism allowed onto... And then, oh, the list ends. Oh, but that's definitely the end of the list because there's a line at the bottom. Interesting. I presume... The, a number of guests with learning disabilities mental disorders is capped to a certain number like yeah. you can't have a full row of them just because it's too much of a hazard I'd say if something happens yeah, uh, I'd say that's what that one is about yeah but they're all your health and safety requirements a cervical collar by the way is one of those neck braces that you get when you break your neck <laughs> but I mean if you've broken your neck you probably shouldn't be going on a high speed roller coaster, uh, especially <laughs> not Indiana Jones because you will you leave with a migraine Oh Anyways, yeah, it's like it's like rock and roller coaster. Like you're literally Indiana Jones is a throwy roundy ride. Yeah, I mean we're assuming we've only done it once. I've been on a couple of times. I've only it's done a, it once. It's a throwy roundy ride. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Going back to what happened there in the middle of all that. So do you remember last week when I had to ring Disneyland Paris because it didn't say whether Pirates of the Caribbean was suitable for deaf guests or not? I was intrigued at the fact that Indiana Jones specifically says on it that it's suitable for guests with hearing impairment or that are deaf what what did it actually say uh suitable for guests suitable for guests with hearing impairment i think yes sorry so i was like oh suitable for hearing impaired guests yeah so i I was a bit intrigued i was like oh that's weird why doesn't that say that on parts of the caribbean went back and checked and now it does do we still have the screenshot from or did i i might have read it off the website no i screenshot it last time because i remember being like that's weird why doesn't it say this? Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, no, it's not there. See? And that's not that I doubted you were wrong, but it's definitely not there. Ha <laughs> ha. Look, guys, we're making a difference. 
I wonder if it's because literally I rang and was just like, I wanted to know about whether this is suitable for a deaf person, but it's not on your website. I wonder if I maybe wonder if she it got write back it, to a yeah, manager. If she wrote it down. I mean, it's probably not just to do with us, but I'm going to take full credit for but it. But the fact so. that it happened, yeah. I'm going to say it was. <laughs> because that's a very specific time period of a week. Because yeah. I don't know, we obviously haven't, like I checked that t- yesterday. No, today. Did I check it today or yesterday? Yesterday. I checked that yesterday. Yeah. So it was a very specific time period of a week that went from it not being there to you ringing and asking about deaf guests to it being there. Yeah, I'll take that. That's what's done for the day, guys. We're signing off. <laughs> Making a difference everywhere we go. Um, yeah, so that's the accessibility list. Obviously, it is a high-speed, intense roller coaster. And as with all roller coasters, if you have any doubts of if you should or shouldn't ride, definitely contact the cast member at the front. It also did state that it may not be suitable for certain guests of certain body types, which also includes people who are too tall, because there is... As Sinead stated, the ride itself is very compact, and I think that there are some points where if you're you're too tall, it's a bit too dangerous, so make sure that you just consult with a cast member before, and there is an overhead restraint as well that we'll need to click down. So that's all the T's and C's Mm -hmm. for Indiana Jones. Yeah. So what is Indiana Jones? Indiana Jones is Harrison Ford going on an adventure. How exciting. I love Harrison Ford. I don't think I've ever seen an Indiana Jones movie. Really? Yeah. I don't think so. All I remember is, all I'm aware of is that he gets chased by big boulders a lot. Oh. And sometimes there's skeletons in the ground. (laughs) Yeah, maybe, man, maybe we'll get you to watch an Indiana Jones. Yeah, Ed's really upset that I've never watched Indiana Jones. He thinks I should as well. Well, we'll, we'll maybe look into that. Paris is not the only park that has an Indiana Jones attraction. It is... (laughs) Disneyland of California also has one, which is basically a carbon copy of Dinosaur, but it's Indiana Jones, and it's meant to be fantastic. I have not gone on it. I didn't go on it when I was there the last time, but I'm 100% going on it when I go next time. Uh Uh-huh. And that's the same ride that's in Tokyo as well, isn't it? The one in Tokyo is called something different because everything in Tokyo is slightly different. Why not? It's called... It's. I keep wanting to say it's the Curse of the Crystal Skull, but I don't think it is. Uh, it's the something of the something. Uh, Temple of the Crystal Skull. Okay, cool. Uh, I don't think it's exactly the same, but okay. it's the same idea as the one in California California it's the same it's like a big sit down ride vehicle that jumps you through fair and then in Walt Disney World they have the Indiana Jones stunt show which is like like it's like the car stunt show but obviously it's people not cars and there's audience participation no we love audience participation (laughs) I I wonder how long that's gonna stay there that show yeah it's a it's how long's it been there? It's been there for a while. It's been it? there for I couldn't even tell you how many years, but and it is a people eater, but I wonder when that's gonna become prime real estate. For other things. Yeah. Mm. So we'll see. But we're not here to talk about the other parks necessarily. We're here to talk about the Disneyland Paris, Indiana Jones. Yeah, so years before Indiana Jones and Temple of Peril opened in 1993, an Indiana Jones-themed attraction had been on the drawing boards, but due to Euro Disney's resort's ongoing financial difficulties, the attraction was retooled. Uh, This is all just from Wikipedia, by the way. There's no point in rephrasing it because this is exactly what it is. Um, Originally, guests would have been able to experience a full-scale Indiana Jones land within a land, so 
Screw Your gar- uh, Galaxy's Edge. This was the original. <laughs> uh, featuring a huge minecart roller coaster based on the famous sequence from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. The ride will have taken guests through wild jungles around the Lost Temple and inside a large show building for the mine chase scenes. Rumours often circulate of other attractions to have been included in the area, such as a Disneyland's EMV, which is an enhanced motion vehicle, and the Jungle Cruise that we talked about last week that wasn't actually ever made. So, um, sorry, one. So none of this actually happened? No. This okay. was all stuff that was planned to happened. Yeah. Okay. Now well, back then, on track. Yeah. A really fun thing is that Indian Jones and the Temple of Peril is the first ever Disney roller coaster to feature an inversion. Ooh. Which I think is super exciting. Ultimately, the constrained budgets and requirement for a high thrill attraction, at this point, Space Mountain was still two to three years away. So Disneyland Paris was running on fumes. Yeah. Literally. Uh, it brought the birth of Indiana Jones et la Temple du Peril, a looping coaster produced by Intamin of Switzerland. So despite lacking an indoor show building and the same scale as its Blue Sky predecessor, the final attraction stays true to the heavy theming of the original plans. And there's only one inversion. So even though it was the first ride with an inversion, there was still only one. Very fair. They did, back in 2000, and back in 2000 Imagineers kind of lost their mind and decided, hmm... How can we make Indiana Jones even scarier? I know, we'll totally rejig the track and have it go backwards. I'm so upset that I was never able to go on it when it went backwards. I don't think I would have, to be perfectly honest. I just think that's so much fun. Because, sorry, I know, we don't talk about other theme parks. But in Hagrid's Magical Creature Adventure, something, 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 that thing goes backwards. And that looks intense. That looks like so much fun. Yeah, I mean, you have the little backwardsy bit on Everest in Animal Kingdom. And that's fun. I don't know. See, that's the thing. I don't mind. I wouldn't mind a section of a track. No, but I think the whole thing went backwards. backwards. Oh, no, the whole thing did. And they had to rejig the carts and the area surrounding it because obviously they could have guests would only be certain facing a certain way. So they had to kind of hide any of the backstage areas that oh, people would yeah. have been able to see. But I cannot imagine going into a loop backwards. Oh, so much fun. That but that's the thing. terrifying. And they said that because... So they said that psychologically when people see a loop, they brace. But because people weren't going to be able to see when the loop was going to happen, they had to change the speed that people enter the loop. So the loop had to be slower because people couldn't brace as much. And I was like, that is so interesting that even they took that into account, that they were like, okay, well, it's going to be such a shock to people that if we go into the loop the same speed that we do and people can see it, they'll hurt themselves. Yeah, I don't think they wanted people. Because there was an incident in 1993 where some of the brakes oh, yeah. locked and failed and some people were hurt. So I don't think they wanted to have but all fairness, that happen again. Yeah, after that happened, the ride did close for a certain period of time yeah. before it reopened again to be safe for guests. Yeah, so they kept it backwards for about four years before giving it a total refurb and bringing it back the front way. Again, I won't lie, like... Don't get me wrong, I like Disney roller coasters. Indiana Jones still kind of gives me the... Heebie-jeebies? Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not It's not my favourite. Everything's just very close together. Yeah, it's like, a very tight ride. Like, picture Goofy's... Is it Goofy's Flight School? Yeah, it is, yeah. Picture that, but it's not a kiddie coaster. No. By any means. Also, it's they started with it being being able to fit eight guests, but it now fits twelve guests. Yeah. So they added an extra. Um, I was going to say caboose, but that's probably not the right word. <laughs> they add an extra like seating compartment, which will which will make the ride slower as well. 
not if you're sitting at the back. Imagine sitting at the back of that. Yeah. We sat at the front, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We were at the very front. Oh, I forgot about that. Janiversaire. <laughs> so when we decided we were going to go on Indiana Jones, we went in the queue. It was fine. We got up to the ride. We ended up being in the very front row, unfortunately. For me, anyways. But at least the front is a bit slower than the back. And I had a birthday badge on. And just as I had, like, mentally prepared myself to take off and just go and experience Indiana Jones, the whole train was halted (laughs) so that the cast member could stop and have everybody in queue, everybody in our train, sing happy birthday to me. Like, she was dancing along and, like, conducting everybody. She loved it. (laughs) Because I was petrified. Again, I love Hyperspace Men and I love Big Thunder I love rock and roller coasters, stuff like that, because it's stuff that I've gone on a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of, when I first go and stuff, it absolutely scares the bejesus out of me. (laughs) But then I'm kind of like, oh yeah, I like this. This is fine. Indiana Jones was not this, because it was the first time I'd ever gone on it. And it was an outside coaster with a loop. And I was like, absolutely not. Because I think that's why I don't mind space and rock and roller coaster. Because it's in the dark. I don't know where I'm going. I'm just like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Like I have to consciously think... And remember where the loop is in Space Mountain, because otherwise I'm just like, Wee! <laughs> just like flailing about. <laughs> but because this is outside, you can see the track and you can see how close you are to everything, and yeah. it's terrifying. Mm-hmm, yeah, it is, yeah. Absolutely terrifying. I always, it always makes me feel like Indiana Jones is a wooden coaster, but it's not. It's made, it's a steel coaster. Yeah. But I feel like it's the way it is, it makes it feel like it's a wooden roller coaster. Yeah. Like it's quite rough and it's quite heavy on the back. It's. I understand why they say people with all of those conditions you shouldn't ride on it because yeah. I guarantee you if you went on it I'd say even twice in a row you would end up with a migraine yeah. without fail it's like rock and roller coaster oh yeah like I can't go on rock and roller coaster more than once because I come off of it with a headache yeah and so I need I need a fresh air walk for about five to ten minutes and water before I can do anything else yeah really takes it out of you yeah it really it bashes my head around I just I hope that when they change it to Iron Man, they just update the ride vehicles because Imagine if I they put in those ones. Imagine if they put because Space Mountain's so smooth. Now yeah. the ride itself, I don't think is smooth, but it's just the, how secure you are in the thing stops you from jiggling about. Yeah, I think it's I think it's that, and I also think the head restraints just need updating. Mm. They need to be tighter. There's yeah. too much space for my head to move around. Obviously, but actually, this is going to sound really stupid. I don't have a small head. I have quite a big head. <laughs> There was no other way of saying that. But, like, I do, and it still rickets around a lot in Rock and Roller Coaster. So I just hope that when they update it to Iron Man that the track's probably going to stay the same. I don't see them changing the track. But I'd hope that they'd get new ride vehicles because those ride vehicles have been going for a while. So I think they're doing an upgrade anyway. I I really just hope that they get the Space Mountain ride vehicles because I really enjoy those. But they just feel so much safer. Top tip, if mm. you are going on current rock and roller coaster or if they don't change the seats, just put your hood up. If you're wearing something that has a hood, particularly oh, if you're yeah. wearing a big poof jacket, just put your hood up. Yeah. It makes it so much more comfortable. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a great ride. Anyway, sorry. We're going inside. We're going in. <laughs> but anyways, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, it's in Adventureland. Again, as we like to kind of make a joke of, it's difficult to find. It is difficult to find. It's very out of the way. Yeah. For a land that only has two rides, one of them is only easily accessible. It is a walk, like, it's not very well signposted. You do have to, like, go up and out. Not up and out. You do have to go, like, up and around to find where Indiana Jones is. Yeah. 
But if you're into roller coasters and you're into loops and stuff, go for it, I'd say. it's a Now, be mind, I'd say the runtime... I feel like the run the runtime is definitely less than a minute. Yeah, so India, it is. It looks, from what I can tell from videos and stuff, I think it's around two minutes. It feels like thirty seconds. Oh yeah, big time. It is a very short ride. Yeah, especially compared to Pirates of the Caribbean, which is a ten, whopping ten. ten. <laughs> I'm still not fully over. I think that's going to be the thing that's going to. I'm now really intrigued to know how long each, each attraction each is. is. Yeah. But yeah, it is a very, you're kind of, as soon as you're on it, you're back off it kind of ride. I wouldn't personally wait any longer than... 20 minutes? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Half an hour at a push if you're there at a busy time. But I don't think it's worth any longer than that because I just don't think you get as much out of it. And it's not, to me, it doesn't feel like a Disney ride. And I think that's why I don't necessarily bother as much to go out of my way to find it in Adventureland <laughs> but you know what I mean because there's there's a lot more I suppose quintessential Disney rides that I would rather spend my time on and I just feel like Indiana Jones isn't one it just seems like an off-the-shelf coaster that they just slapped a name on which they didn't because <laughs> it history proves that it was a very important roller coaster to its time yeah and an important roller coaster to the growth of Euro Disney yeah and I have to say personally now knowing its history I am inclined to go on it, like, to go out of my way to go on it. Yeah. Now, as we've learned, it's actually not going to be open when we go. But, I mean, that's not going to be the last time we go to Disneyland Paris. What? <laughs> so, I am very intrigued to go out of my way to go on it again, because I do I do like roller coasters, and I don't get as scared as you do when it comes to roller coasters and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I am... From a roller coaster nerd point of view, much more excited to know that it was the first Disney ride with an inversion and it was built three years before Space Mountain came along and they really needed something with a like a high thrill factor to like get more tweens and adults come to the park and it's much more exciting. I think it might be a slightly underrated ride in terms of its historical implications. Yeah, absolutely. But as a ride in this day and age... And where it is in the park, I can see why it's not a very popular ride. I think one of the main problems is that it's not a ride you pass to get to anything. Exactly. Like, I, my, the first thing that springs to mind is Big Thunder Mountain. Like, Big Thunder is very easy to walk by on your way to something else. And it whistles at you, so you can't ignore it. Yeah, whereas Indiana Jones, you don't... Unless you're taking the long way to Pirates. Unless you know it's there. Yeah, you're not going to just happen upon it. Exactly. Which And it's also not suitable for a lot of guests. Yeah. Like, I'd say it's one of the... More restrictive. More restrictive ones, even in terms of, like, if you're into roller coasters. The fact that it's so tight and everything would just... Like, as a roller coaster track mm. and high speed would just limit the amount of people, again, who can go on it or who would want to go on it. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. I think the the, the 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 final point is that out of all the Indiana Jones attractions in all of the Disney theme parks, this is the one that's least actually related to Indiana Jones. Like, oh, they yeah. could have themed this with anything. It didn't have to be Indiana Jones. Yeah. I think that's what I more so meant rather than just... Yeah, yeah I see what you mean now. I but, you. like, it, it could literally be... They could have it as a Jungle Book roller coaster. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe they, they should be themed as a Jungle Book roller coaster. Oh! Maybe you should rethink it as a Jungle Book roller coaster. That would be way better. And they could talk about like, oh, it could be like I know what it could be. Do you know that? Do you know that scene where they go into King Louis's like 
thing and all the monkeys and it's almost like an attack but it's it's a fun attack they could have it like that and they could have bananas everywhere and there could be monkeys everywhere there could just be monkeys every like obviously not real life monkeys but there could be like monkeys I, oh that'd be way better that'd be a much better theming and I actually wouldn't take much of them to retheme that because like jungle is already like jungle Indiana Jones like it's already quite like grungy and put down they'd only have to like change the stuff on the outside they could put like oh, they could put like banana peels everywhere and there could be monkeys and they could have oh they could have animatronic monkeys in the queue I've solved it you've solved it <laughs> Jesus Christ are you still with us? <laughs> they should totally redeem it to Jungle Boy. <laughs> but yeah, again, it's not a ride that I've been on. I think it's probably, with the exception of some of the smaller rides, just because they get really, really high wait times, it's probably one of the rides that I've been on the least amount of times in Disneyland Paris. Yeah, me too. But again, when it, whenever we go next and it is open, we will go do it, and we will go find it, and we will tell everybody where it is, and we'll experience it again, because... I think I was just in sort of a state of shock the last time. <laughs> that I don't think I fully remembered other than the loop. But yeah, that's Indiana Jones. A much more exciting ride than you, than I would have thought anyway. Especially when you talk about it with regards to Jungle Book. Oh my God, I'm going to send... I mean, do you know what, Sinead? Last week we got hearing impairments on the list of accessibilities. This week we're going to get Indiana Jones rethemed Jungle Book. Madness. If they're closing it, they're obviously doing refurb. True. Get in there quick. True. I wonder how long they're closing it for. Interesting. We'll let you know once we find out when it's reopening. There you go. So yeah, that's pretty much everything for this week. We did get some questions in for this week's episode. If you ever want to send us in a question for an episode, we usually put up a poll on either a Sunday or a Monday on our Instagram at Mickey Waffles Pod. You can send us in any questions you want. We got some questions in from the lovely Mary and from Brefney. However, due to some scheduling issues... We're going to leave that for this week and we're now going to record another episode, which is just going to be all questions. All questions, all the time. But yeah, thank you for listening to the show, guys. We really appreciate it. As I keep saying, at Mickey Waffles Pod on Instagram, check us out, send us a message. Yeah, and as I say every week, this podcast is not sponsored by anybody except our own hearts. So if you could please share it with whoever you think might enjoy it. Tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your sister, tell your brother. Tell your dog walker. We really don't mind. As tell your dog. Oh, absolutely tell your dog. Send us pictures of your dogs. Oh, yeah. If you're listening to this and if you have a pet of any description, I don't mind if it's a dog or a cat dog, or anything cat, else. cat, bunny, guinea pig. Horse. I love them all. Horse. Yeah. Lizard, gecko, whatever you want. We'll take them all. Send us a picture. We'll put it up on our Instagram stories. We love pets. But yeah, so please share it with everyone. Uh, we really appreciate it. And thanks so much for your continued support, guys. Thanks. Bye. Good morning.